great day so far. I'm inspired. I'm encouraged. Uh, uh, although Pat called me to be uncomfortable. so <coughs> I, uh, Although Carolyn said nourished, so I think maybe I'll balance those out. But uh, really, thank you for just sharing your heart. And in our, in our core leadership group got together this week and just talked about what do we do to inspire the church together today to really think about how does God want to work in our lives. And uh, so at, uh, after I have a message to share shorter than normal, prayerfully, um, but uh, what we'll do then is, is uh, Zach and Jesse will come up and kick us off and just the time to really just share sort of what are, what's God put on our heart. You know, what is God inspiring you uh, about in this year? Um, Yesterday, uh, Jeanette and I, and I think a few others, uh, were uh, able to take part in an online work, workshop that was uh, run, started by, or facilitated by Robert and Michelle Carrillo uh, out in Los Angeles. And it started out to be something they were going to do for their region and then for the LA church. And then before they knew it, there was a thousand people registered for it from around the world, from Australia. <clears throat> and so um, it, uh, it was recorded. And so if you didn't get to partake in it, uh, you have that option if you'd like. And I'm excited. It was really four different segments of three different speakers. You get to pick which class you broke out into. So there was <clears throat> quite a bit of content all around the idea of renewal, about how are we going to be renewed, how are we, you know, as Paul said in Galatians, <clears throat> his goal was that Christ would be formed in us. How will Christ continue to be formed in us? And so, you know, for me personally, that's one of my 2023 goals is to really grow in my depth of relationship with God. You know, I've been working on it in 2022, and I've been learning about different spiritual practices and, and that, that many of my views for years, but how do I bring meditation and silence and solitude, prayer and fasting and, you know, more reflective Bible study and, and service into my walk with Jesus? Those are all things that are sort of formulating in my mind and part of, you know, where I want to go with loving God. But, you know, I think... It's really inspiring for me is Jeanette's been a, a steady voice in our in our spiritual relationship about loving God and learning to be like Him, and so she wanted to share some about that. And uh, I brought Shirley Temple today, <laughs> just because I told him it's like we don't have pictures, can't put pictures up on the screen yet. So this is something that because it was the holidays. Um, years and years ago, we had, um, my sister had made some stockings for us, but it was before all the kids were born, so there weren't enough, and so I'm like, okay, I'm going to take the time, and I'm going to make stockings for the family, and it was a labor of love, because it's, it's long work, and it's got, um, <laughs> batting in between, and then I use these doily things um, and crochet, I mean, embroidered cross-stitch all of the letters for each of the kids on it and put it all together. Anyways, it took a while. Um, but I enjoyed it because it was for my family and I love them and it's something that we get to use and it's, it's a memory. Um, my mom had made ones for us and it was like not always did we get anything fantastic in our stocking, but it was just a memory. It was something that was continuous and it meant something to us. Um, and so um, this year, um, my daughter came home and brought her cat with her, which was interesting, <laughs> um, because she was here for a month. And 
should be coming to the watch party. So she decided that wouldn't it be fun, <laughs> since they're, my son has a dog, that the cat and the dog would have stockings also. Oh boy. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so she wanted to base them on the family stockings. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, I will help, but let's do it together. And so this I figured would be a good creative memory together. We would, you know, spend time and it would be fun. And it was all of that and lots of time also. So my son and his wife show up and we're still working on the stockings. But we did get them finished. It just took a lot longer than we thought. So this is the creative design that my two daughters and barely me thought of. Um, and this is what they came out like. Wow. <laughs> so it is lined with flannel because, you know. And it does have stuff in there. And it's got the little swoop design. It is cross-stitched. So my daughter did that. And she put the animals on it. Um, and I just think, why? Why do we do these things? It's because we love each other. You know, there's no good reason for <laughs> animals having to stop them that I can think of. Um, but it was a great memory of spending the time together and making things. Um, and it just reminds me of Jesus. It reminds me of the creator of the world. And how he decided take a lot of time, take a lot of money, and because God is who he is, it only took six days to create the whole world. <laughs> but he wanted somewhere special for us to be. He wanted somewhere to express his love to us. <coughs> and that was why he created the world. And for us to be part. Um, yesterday's class, one thing that really stood out to me is somebody shared about how God created the whole world. And then he entered his creation. And you think about God and how he walked <coughs> in the garden with Adam. And I never thought about it that before. Just how God wanted to be with us. Yep. Created this beautiful, incredible place for us to be. And then he entered the creation himself. And I don't know. That just, that meant a lot to me. Um, this morning I was thinking, and God put a verse on my heart. Um, in Genesis 15, it says, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. And just how God wants to be our shield, our reward. When we talk about loving God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, God's like, I want to be your reward. I don't want this relationship or servitude, servitude, not the right word. Um, I want to be your reward. I want this relationship. I want us to be together. I want us to spend time. And so that's what I've been focusing on last year and this year and need to continue on, is really loving God with all 
I was thinking about this song too, is take the Lord with you everywhere you go. Mm -hmm. Just be together. Isn't that what we love about the people we spend time with? Mm -hmm. We just want to spend time. We want to be with them. And that's what God wants with us. And he wants for us to be that way too. And 1 Peter 5, 7, it says, Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And I just love that. That this is God's desire is that he wants to care for us. He wants us to be in his presence. He wants us to be part of his life. How do I take him with me everywhere I go? Thinking about him, not regulated to my time, but to walk with him. Wow, okay. <clears throat> I really appreciate my wife. She uh, she uh, has a great heart for God, and I, I'm glad that uh, I got a stocking so I could be <laughs> Yeah, I sort of thought about that. If you get a stocking on on the fireplace, it's you're part of the family. You're in. You know, it's, it is great that way. So how are we going to get there as we make this journey to love God, to love our neighbor? You know, it's it's going to be, I think, on focusing on what, like, what I coined discipleship through relationship. You know, and I think of discipleship really as how do I, how do I do the things? How do I be the person? That my Lord called me to be, His disciplines, His life, who He was. How do how do I how do we learn to grow in our practice of loving and following God? You know, it's it's really how do I have my relationships honed, uh, my relationship with God honed by godly people in my life. Um, you know, my other goal for the year is uh, is loving my neighbor as myself. Yeah. You know, it, to me, it's you know, and I'll talk about this in a minute. But can you imagine? When Jesus said the first commandment, the greatest commandment is love God, and as Ryan was saying, the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. What if it wasn't a metaphor? What if it really was a commandment? Love your neighbor as yourself. And let's go over in Mark chapter 10. Mark 10, verse 29. The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. <clears throat> you know, I think it's, it's interesting because, you know, and, and Peter says in 2 Peter uh, 1 that we have been called to participate in the divine nature you really have been called to be part of God's garden, as you mentioned, but really part of how he thinks, how he is, how he exists. You are called to have a di divine nature. And, and that was a challenge. You know, the psalmist said, Psalm 51, renew in me a steadfast heart. Uh, I feel that all the time. My heart has a hard time staying steady, staying straight. You know, I really need that new heart and new spirit. You know, he talks about loving God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. You know, in Ezekiel 36, Ezekiel had this prophecy for God. He says, I'm going to take you out of the nations. I'm going to gather you from all the countries. I'm going to bring you back into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you'll be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart 
put a new spirit on you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Then you will live in the land I give your ancestors. You will be my people and I will be your God. And then a little later in Ezekiel 37, he says, I will make a covenant of peace with them. It will be an everlasting covenant. I will establish them and increase their numbers. I will put my sanctuary among, among them forever. My dwelling place will be with them. I will be their God, and they will be my people. You know, and, and in Luke 22, Jesus makes it really clear. He says, this cup is the new covenant in my blood that's poured out for you. So God prophesied, prophesied through Ezekiel that he would give us a new covenant, that he would give us a new heart and a new spirit that he would put inside of us. And you know, he did that. He did that in Jesus. And so when we take communion, like we all did today, what we're doing is we're acknowledging uh, that we are part of a new covenant, a new agreement, a new promise from God of peace uh, that's, that's sanctified by the blood of Jesus, that God wants to have peace with you that he has given you this new heart and uh, new spirit, one that has been specifically specifically created to love him. You were made, you know, to love God. You know, and it, it just makes me reflect on how God's heart and his spirit has transformed each of your lives, but my life too. And, uh, you know, I, I've been, I got baptized a few years ago when I was just out of college. And, uh, and I was... I was pretty rough. I was very rough. You know, get a coffee or tea with Jeanette and ask her sometimes. She knows, you know, and I've shared a bit about it. But, you know, you, you begin to transform and change. And so some things that were very clearly not just weaknesses, they were gaping gaps and flaws and horrible in your character, um, have been mended and healed and changed and transformed. And so transformation is really something that we're all about. But we can end up stopping. You know, it, you know, I don't. I no longer get thrown out of eating establishments for my awful behavior. That's a story too for another time. <laughs> uh, I no longer, you know, punch holes in walls. I no longer go on tirades and shout at people and throw things. Amen. Right? That's a good thing. <clears throat> and I've learned over the years to to uh, wholeheartedly love my wife and and my family and my friends and. Uh, I just have to keep on transforming the heart so the whole combined with the heart continues to grow to be more like Jesus and be changed. But you know, as Jeanette shared, our kids brought their pets home uh, over the holidays. Katie for a month with uh, her trip from California and my son for <clears throat> for two days or two nights, three days, I guess, for a while. And so, you know, you have to understand, you know, almost everybody except for me is allergic in my family. Both the kids, all three of the kids with pets, Jeanette, very allergic to pet dander. So for our whole life, um, minus the year that I got her a cat when we first got married, and that's another story, um, it's been a no pet zone. You know, allergies, boundaries, and so we just we just don't want pets. We don't have carpet. We really avoid that. So the thought of bringing pets in was like, oh, you know, that violates everything that our character is, that we just don't have pets. And so how can we, but I realized we won't have a time with the family we want if we don't bring the pets in. You know, so we have to accommodate, you know, we have to change uh, what patience, you know, here God is testing patience and love. And so, um, you know, even it's like we're going to put stockings on the 
pets, you know. <laughs> Amen. You know, that's that and I think, you know, Jen with her heart brings that in quicker than I do. And uh, but I think, you know, I think for me it's it's been a journey of transformation. It's will I love the circumstances that God's put in my life rather than trying to drive those circumstances to be what I would prefer. And I think that caused me higher to continue to transform and love, you know, and so I really I really resonate with Pat was saying about being uncomfortable. Um, I felt uncomfortable about that in, in some ways and uh, in many ways, you know, and uh, um, I got, <clears throat> unfortunately I got along better with the cat than I did with the dog. Uh, maybe it was just because it wasn't enough time, you know, for me to sort of adopt it. You know, the cat only hissed at me once or twice early on, and towards the end, I learned the tricks of getting. It, I don't know if you've got the CK's cat, but it it will sit up, it will it will give you a fist bump, it will wave. I mean, <laughs> it's a cool cat. It's yeah, it's a cool cat. It, it's got some dog in it somewhere. You know, <laughs> most cats I've known don't do that. But you know, transformation is something that happens slowly and gradually over time. You know, it it it, it is a it isn't an instantaneous thing. Being changed, being different, growing. I think sometimes New Year's Eve resolutions and New Year's resolutions are counterproductive. You know, guarantee you go to the gym on, on Valentine's Day and it will be empty. I have a picture somewhere in my reel from years ago. On Valentine's Day, by then, no one is going to the gym in the morning. I was there since AM, it was like empty, you know. Um, because people aren't trying to fix and not change. Fixing is, is easy, it just doesn't work very well. Changing is hard, but it really it has an impact. And it, you know, I, I would be remiss to not think about Martin Luther King today, because it is the weekend, you know, Monday, tomorrow is Martin Luther King Day when we remember his life and his service. Uh, but, you know, I, I think about all the things he said were about, many things were about transformation. You know, when he said, I have a dream. You know, he wasn't speaking of a reality or even something that he would see in his lifetime. He had a vision for how things would be. And I would, I would propose that we're still on that journey. You know, we're still in that transformation in our country and in our world. You know, he talked about when we let freedom ring, let it ring from every village and every hamlet. Free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, we are free at last. Just the idea that there would be transformation, there would be change. You know, he said that faith is taking the first step even when you don't see the whole staircase. It's pretty powerful, right? And that's really what God calls us to do is to love other people the way that he loves us. And I want to make that connection here. You know, he says in, in Matthew 5:43, you've heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemies. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That's in Matthew 5.43. You know, hating, hating your enemies was never in God's plan. You know, if you have read your Old Testament, you know, Leviticus 19 just says, don't seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among the people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Um, I don't know where it came from. Maybe it was from tradition that people thought, that, but I know that certainly is our tradition. We love our friends, we hate our enemies, you know. We even think about let's just annihilate them. Let's let's cancel them. Is another way. Let's let's just give up the conversation. Let's walk away from it um, because, like Pat's neighbors, they'll never love us anyway. So we might as well just do them in. You know, not mow their lawn or yeah, he didn't say do it. That's, that's my paraphrase. You know, that's my shorthand in my notes. 
<clears throat> but you really, it's, um, you know, I think, you know, we, we have an amazing opportunity to take the love that God puts in, a, in our hearts and reflect it into the world. You know, again, to, to quote Martin Luther King, he says, I've decided to stick with love because hate is too great a burden to bear. And that's really a decision that we as disciples of Jesus have to make is every situation we walk into, we have to decide, hmm, am I going to be like Jesus in this situation or am I going to do the natural thing, the, uh, <clears throat> the innate thing? You know, it's so much easier to, um, to hate somebody or explain their behavior because, oh, they're just a bad person. You know, and I realize I'm a bad person. You know, that's who I am without Jesus. And so it just struck me, you know, I, I woke up this morning with this connection, and I wanted to share it with you uh, as we finish up this portion of it. But in John 3.16, anybody ever seen that verse or read it? You know, it's probably one of the most publicized verses in the world. Um, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And if you've never done it, 1 John 3.16 is an interesting uh, aside to that passage. But when I think about that passage, you know, when he says God loves, it's, it's agape love. So God doing in the best interests of everyone in the world for all time decided to give up his son. You know, that's, that's extreme love. He did it for the very good people. You know, he did it for the very worst people. You know, and, he, and when he says, but wanted them to have eternal life. You know, the word there is is not just bios. It's not living person. It's not alive like a pet's alive. It is have an ongoing life that's perpetual. You know, you know when he says eternal life, you know, John 10, 10, it says, I came to give them life and life to the full. God decided that he wanted not to condemn the world, but to really give the, the world a full life. He really, his goal is that everyone should be saved. Everyone be right with God. Everyone get a chance to be in the garden. Everyone get a chance to be in eternal life because that's what God wants. If I, don't, if I hate my neighbor, that's not where I'm at. That's hard. That's uncomfortable to me because, you know, I just who I am. But, you know, then I connected in my head with John, John 13, 34 and 35. You probably know this one, too. A new command, I give you, love, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. You know, just connecting these two is God loved me so much that while I was still, not even a beginning transformation, I was untransformed. I was unrepentant, unholy, ungodly. <clears throat> he decided to set me on a journey that will culminate. I need an imaginary word, culminate. Uh, <laughs> never. It never ends. It's, it's eternal life. Well, I went from finite, horrible, ungodly to where I'm on a journey of transformation that will never end. He's connected me. That's how much he loves me. But he calls me then, okay, Peter, have that same love for everybody else. That's the new commandment. The new commandment is, okay, I you know, believe in that I really can love in such a way that I, I bring forth, I mirror, I reflect the love that God uh, had for me in how I share it with other people. You know, being a student of Jesus never ends. It's learning to walk in his footsteps, to live the way he lived, 
to be transformed. And so really we're not setting goals for 2023. I mean, you can call them that, that's okay. And by the way, the, the first G in grow is goals. But it really should be godly goals. But we'll, we'll come back there another time. <clears throat> but the point is, is that we're, not, we're, we're really continuing to live the way Jesus called us to live. Uh, we made a decision the day we got baptized, and God fulfilled his part in his covenant of giving you a new heart and a new spirit and calls you to a new life. You have already begun the journey of transformation. And so I'm excited as we work together uh, this day, year, life, uh, to learn how to love God and how to love each other, love our neighbor. What's your vision for 2023? How's God going to transform you? What's God putting on your heart to become for him? Let's take a minute to reflect. I'm going to pray for us and then Zach and Jesse will come up and sort of help us to sort of share sort of some of the things that each of us are feeling, thinking about how God wants to work in us. Let's pray. God, it's, uh, it's incredible to be your kids. Father, to, uh, to spiritually know that our names are written in the book of life, uh, that our stockings are hung on your chimney. Father, you really do care about us. That you, uh, you started from the beginning of time with a vision, a dream, uh, that we as your children could be with you forever. Father, I pray that you help us as we strive to follow you, to walk as you did, that you really continue to change our hearts and our spirit, God, to be more like you. Father, that we could be a great light in a lost world. Father, that you would really just pull us in. Father, help us to connect with you continuously, constantly, uh, with great joy. We are so grateful for the people, the brothers and sisters you've put us together with right now. Father, we pray that together uh, we'll just glorify you in everything we do. We love you. Uh, it's in Jesus we pray. Amen.